0: Hey, y'all. This is the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 56 of season two. And today we are so lucky because I have my Appalachian sister here with me. (laughs) Y'all can hear her cackle. There she is. (laughs) And before we even get going, I just want to say that I am probably taking Yule off. I haven't taken a single week off of this podcast in 55 weeks and I deserve it. So this will most likely be one of our Yule um, episodes and that being stated, as to Yule, Sister Byron. Y'all? Yule always to me has been the giving of the real, you know, your heart, your craft really getting in there and giving and not in a capitalistic way. All that being stated, you've not been talking, we've been talking we we started texting each other a few weeks back about how other witches serve their communities and why it matters and the more we thought on it, we decided to go ahead and jump and do a podcast,
1: right? <laughs> you mean when we went through that outrage?
0: Uh, texting each other. I remember it well. That's the one. (laughs) And feel free to say anything you want to on this podcast.
1: (laughs) Y'all, it it is always a delight to talk to somebody that I feel like I can really talk to. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be a certain way or sound a certain way or any of that. I can just, you and I just have conversations Mm -hmm. and that is such a blessing. So I just want to thank you for that.
0: Absolutely. I feel like we are kind of cut out of the same cloth anyhow.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Yeah, I'm down here at the beginning of the Appalachia and you're there, you know, at what, the middle, the height? (laughs)
1: Lower middle, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not in coal country is what I tell people. Not in coal country. In fact, the Appalachians are are so old and heavy here that our coal has turned to jewels. I love mm. to say that, because here's where you can find rubies and emeralds and aquamarines and all that stuff, but we don't have much coal.
0: No, well, maybe that's a, a good thing mm, right it's a now. Blessing. Yeah.
1: I don't even get on that, or then I'll be starting to talk about trees and anyway. So, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> well, like
0: I said, I'm pretty tired from doing the podcast lately, but that's one of the ways that I try to uh, serve my community and i try to talk about right things that i think other witches might worry about or think about or live through and that is sort of the focus of everything i do Um, how about you what were your thoughts on this you want to tell everybody how we got going
1: (laughs) (laughs) well first i want to talk about decanting elderberry tincture so this morning and those of y'all who know me who are listening you're probably thinking huh, she's using her sexy voice today, but it's because I've got a head cold, and the way I treat head colds and have for many and many a year is with elderberry tincture, so I ran through the old bottle of tincture yesterday, because I don't do like 10 drops in some warm water like, you know, civilized people do. I just, I got it in a, you know, a can and jar, and I'll just open it up, and swig down as much as my body will take, which could explain why I'm so giddy and, and hilarious today. We'll hope. <laughs> anyway, so I, I had to decant some of the fresher stuff. I had laid that down in August in what I'm laughing re, laughingly referring to as Appalachian heritage alcohol. So I wanted to post that today on uh, social media Just saying, oh, look, isn't it pretty? It's such a lovely color, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, people had to ask what I meant by Appalachian Heritage Alcohol, which means they're not from here, (laughs) or they'd immediately know what I meant. Anyway, one of the first people who commented said, oh, my roommate needs some of that. And just for a minute, I thought, you know, I didn't post this here as an advertisement for y'all wanting some of this. I just was sharing that I've decanted some. And then immediately, my second thought, right on the edge of that, was she's down middle of the state. How can I get that to her? Because it's it's a little tricky to to ship liquids these days. And then there were two or three other people, and one person said, "I'm willing to drive four hours to get some of that." Well, I've got I've got a ton of this stuff tinctured because I've felt uncomfortable uh, giving it to people for COVID because herbalists are kind of divided on that. So that, by way of explaining about communities, I think tells you who I am in my community. So they're not shy about calling me out on my BS, but they're also not shy about saying, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't even think about that. I need some of that. They're just not shy about it. And I'm glad about that because that's what feels to me like serving a community. They're not shy about contacting me through messenger or if they have my phone number sending me a, you know, a text message and saying, I have this terrible problem. Do you have any insight into that? And I, I do a lot of that and I don't resent it or regret it. My only regret really about it is that sometimes I'm just, I'm just too white doodle to answer very well or very quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm a master gardener here in my state. Um, but I've kind of gone rogue, so my phone will <laughs> pop off. <laughs> I'm a little different, and I don't know. I've, they People know to call me now, and it's not in the capacity any longer of uh, being a master gardener. It's um, more, you know, okay, so if I really did have to pull this pumpkin, how much of the vine do I need to keep with it to make it go ripe, you know, and just learning how to can and learning how to dry things. And all the little tricks of the trade. So I've kind of become, well, the community farmer, witch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to serve your community. Well, it's critical to teach folks how to grow food again. It's just yeah. critical. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. So
0: that's one of the uh, ways I go, but go ahead.
1: No, I was just, I was just getting all kind of soft and gushy thinking about all that stuff and yeah. And I don't consider myself an herbalist in a traditional sense, because if you say to me, I have this illness, what herb do you do you recommend I take? I can't tell you, I can't say to you, how much do you weigh? How tall are you? What is mm-hmm. your life like? So that I give you the right amount of that herb, because I'm a folklorist herbalist. So I feel a little uncomfortable doing that, but there's things that have worked for me in the past, and frankly, elderberry tincture is one of them. And mm-hmm. I don't do it the way traditional herbalists do it. And sometimes they get a little ill with me. They go, that, that's just impossible. That won't work. And I tell them, well, it does work. I mean, it's worked on me. It's worked on my family. It's worked on an awful lot of people I know. And just because you can't find that in an herbal book doesn't mean it doesn't work that way. And that's been, that's been interesting to realize that I'm not wise in the way that Rosemary Gladstar is. You know, she is, uh, she's just one of my heroes. But by God, if you got stung by a bee, I can tell you to chew up some plantain and put it on it.
0: Which is exactly what I would do. And so I suppose while you were talking, I was thinking the same thing. I might be what I am. I <laughs> might be what I am. Because <laughs> it's an amalgamation of everything I've learned and all my grandma taught me. And her, my great aunties, you know, all, all two of them, and also all the old farmer lore from around here. And yeah. it works. And sometimes finding that lore, that folklorist, if you will, in your area, sometimes that matters. Uh, well, I don't know if not, maybe not more, but as much as somebody who's a certified herbalist because they know how this works with your body on this land, in this
1: climate, in ways that, I mean, you just can't get a general statement on. No. And for me, and I know for you too, everything goes back to the land. Everything. So when I walk out my door and I have not planted any motherwort, but I suddenly see that there's three glorious motherwort plants, that tells me something. That I'm going to need that and I need to harvest what I can of it. Tincture it because somebody is going to come and say I am perimenopausal and these are what my symptoms are and I'm gonna hand them a jug of motherwort tincture and I'm gonna say drink this. Here's how I have drunk it and it helped me Mm -hmm. and how others have done it and you may find you need to back off that a little bit and that's okay too. But your body will let you know when it's had enough. You know what?
0: I don't know if it's okay for me to go off road here and if there's any reason you don't want um to answer to any of this that's fine but i wanted to tell you that i was researching i know you're always open with me you love it you love it oh my god we're in the four by fours we're all (laughs) we're about to get your feet dirty so i was researching and reviewing what i've I've got a friend just starting off in the craft she's been writing the column witchish on my pod uh on my podcast my website yes yes Sweet woman, also running a wonderful journal that's based on farming. And she's been really honest and open about her experience. So she wanted to know where to find good witchy books. And, of course, I uh, shared yours. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, they mattered to me. So, and I went in, was reading a damn review, and there was somebody, <laughs> It was some witch, who was upset that they felt that they thought they were getting something about farming and found out it was a a, a small micro farm.
1: <laughs> oh, bless them. I mean, that must have been seasons of a magical life. So the word magical didn't clue them in. <laughs> I don't think
0: so. And you know that I'm on a micro farm. I don't know if you knew that or not. I'm 1.29 acre. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a teaching farm for my community because I can do almost everything that big farms do on a small scale and affordable for a small family. And uh, yeah. I was just so shocked by that. But, you know, as both of us are small, I, I would call us farmers. Both of us are those small, you know, farmer-minded folk that yeah, grow our own yeah. food. Um, I just think that we also you know, we weave ourselves into the
1: folklore, don't we, my sister Byron? (laughs) Is that what it is we're doing? I guess it is, isn't it? This is so funny because I don't ever read reviews of my books, ever. When my first book came out, I read a review. The subtitle is A Helpful and Entertaining or Interesting or Whatever Primer on Appalachian Folk Magic. And somebody said, well, I didn't find it very interesting. And I And I wanted to respond with, well, did you find it entertaining? Because, you know, either one of those is good for me. (laughs) And that was the last review I read of anything. I've told my publishers and my uh, marketing people, if you want me to know about something that's on that particular website that I don't go to, you have (laughs) to let me know. Because I ain't going to be going there reading reviews and going, oh, I can't believe somebody read my book and they didn't get it. Well, they didn't
0: get it. So (laughs) what? I don't think everybody has to understand us. I really don't.
1: Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but I do think we are weaving ourselves into the folklore. After all, it's our ancestors that we listen to. It's um, old farmers and old herb crafters from yore, and now we are becoming part of that part of that quilt, part of that folklore.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, you and I are doing that work.
1: Well, because, I mean, you and I have both been doing it a while. So 30 years ago, when maybe I learned something and then I passed it on, well, then that feels like ancient knowledge to these young ones. And I guess it is, isn't it? A little bit ancient knowledge.
0: Well, it's uh, over a quarter of a century old now. I hate to call us both out. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i've had people complain about what i do and say well you can't do that if you're not christian which i'm not and i never was i'm not somebody who was a, in the baptist church when i was a kid and then left it i've never been baptized um and my family was unchurched now i went to church with a lot of people different times and with my grandmother a lot and i also i went to a lutheran elementary school so i, I had my religion training but i'm not christian and the people who there have been several people, and I'm not going to call their names, who have called me out and said, well, you can't do this if you're not Christian. And I tell them, well, you should have told me that 60 years ago before I started doing it successfully.
0: Yeah, I think you should be grandmother, Din. <laughs> well, can I ask but you I... something?
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. If you have something. Always. No. Go. What you got?
0: Well, I was going to ask you the way that we serve our land. Do you see that being, uh, is that, can that be extrapolated to the larger sphere or are we only doing this for ourselves? Because I feel differently than that. And I didn't know if you see that this kind of work we're doing, I know you do it too, still learning, still learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, working with um, the ancestors, the land spirits, you know, echoing all this wonderful, wonderful lore and work. Can that be extrapolated? I mean, is that does
1: that matter? I think I'm saying does that matter to the larger sphere? I guess for me, I would have to say I don't see how it couldn't matter. And that is not to say let me get this right out before somebody jumps in our crap about it. Mm-hmm. I am not saying that if you don't live on the land in the way that you and I do. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, I'm not saying you can't, you can't love the land and be reverent about it and all that. I'm not saying that at all because it is way too easy these days to separate so-called country people from so-called city people Mm -hmm. and to say that they are all very different. If you are sensitive to the land with which you dwell is the way I like to put that. If you are sensitive to the land, you're going to be sensitive to the land no matter where you are. So if you are in New York City and you are not in Central Park, which is glorious, but you are just in some very, very urban, urban area, you can still feel the land. It's not like the land is not there just because it's covered with concrete and buildings, the land is still there the energy of the land is still there. And one of the things I love is, in all my traveling, is being on different land. So I did uh, belting up in North Dakota this year, and i would never been to North Dakota. And what I really, really wanted was to feel what prairie must feel like. And we were so far north that when I looked at the map, I thought, well, Canada is right there. And one of the people at the event said, well, if you got some stout sheets on, we walk to Canada if you want to. And I went, no, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> but but I could feel how the land was and how the land was before. I could feel that because I'm I'm sensitive, I guess, to the way land and plants and all that is. And then I I had this weird experience in New York where they they asked me to do a plant walk, and I said, well. I'm not even in the same zone as y'all are. I'm not going to know those plants. And they said, well, probably nobody is, but if you can show them a few things that you know, and that turned out beautiful because there were some people that were in that group who were from there and they could go, oh, that's what this thing is. And this is what it's used for. So I learned a whole lot about, about the region. Well, I think
0: I don't, I can't say for you. I think I can guess though, Byron, I don't know if you're like me about this, but I really do practice from the root up. I'm oh, not. Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> right? oh, hell I... yeah. <laughs> it's the only way I know how to go because I really do, I feel that we need to practice from where we stand mm-hmm. and honor mm-hmm. the land from where we, we are working. Yes. And th- that means a lot of the time, you know, I grow my own, a lot of uh, spell work, anything that I need, I'm going to grow it. Um, or get it from down the road. And you won't see right. me using something that came from, um, I mean, not that I wouldn't love it, but you won't see me using something that came from England or India. But that has to do, yeah, go on. You
1: no, know, you go ahead. It has I was just going to gonna with...
0: say that has to do with my practice being so root bound. Wherever I am, I'll, I'll shoot a little root down for a minute and really try to mm-hmm. um, become part of that place. Um, because to me, that's more respectful. I can feel it uh, magically speaking, that thumb mm-hmm. coming out of that earth. Yep. And yep. that's how I work. But I don't know if you were the same on that. I reckon you might be.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I absolutely am, which is why it was funny back to North Dakota. I did that same thing that kind of sink it sink in the root and I could feel heavy galloping animals. And I said to one of the friends who was there doing the event, I said, um, so were there buffalo here? And explained what was going on that I could, I could feel it. I could feel the earth moving mm-hmm. from the, the hooves of a heavy, heavy ruminant. Mm-hmm. And they said, they laughed and said, well, I mean, there's cows on the other side of the pond. And I said, mm-hmm. no, it's not that it's, it's something old and different and It's a reverberation that the land holds, and it doesn't feel modern. It doesn't feel like a herd of buffalo came through here last week. It feels like it is a a reflection in the land of the history of the place. Yeah, it's an echo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But this kind of servitude, this kind of work that you and I both do, how do you think it does connect? I know it's it's a fastball I'm throwing at you, but how does it connect? To serve in our community, in what way, or do we have to find that way, and and pull it that direction?
1: Well, I think sometimes we do have to find that way. Um, my brand, if you'll pardon the expression, is I'm the village witch of this place, and I I assumed that title. And other witches in the area will tell you I'm not the only village witch, and that is absolutely true. But I took that on because I was doing that work that people would call me up and they'd go, I think I've got something in my house. I need somebody to just, you know, walk through and let me know what's going on. Or there's something on my land. Or my grandbaby was just born. Can you come bless the baby? You know, all that stuff that, that the village witch has traditionally done, I do. But what has happened in my world is that that has expanded through both my travels and through the internet. So then I have a larger community, a much broader community than I ever had before. And that um, oh, that feels right, but it also feels like a big responsibility. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So much. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and I never know what that means. That may be a couple of months ago. You know, yesterday. Because <laughs> time, what does it mean? We don't
1: right. know. Right.
0: As Grandma said, the other day can mean whatever she wanted it to mean. But so the other day I did a podcast on revering all these things that are going to sleep and need their rest and need protection over winter. Good time to talk about it, you know, and all this Mm -hmm. raking of leaves and cleaning (sighs) up. I know at some point you are destroying Luna Moth puppet, you know, you're destroying uh, habitat for native bees. You're just crippling it so that you have a neater look by your curb. So I talked about it and I talked about other ways that folk could do it. And you wouldn't believe how many people wrote into me saying, oh my gosh, you were right. Because I decided to lift a little pot up and found these little lizards living under there. They've already gone to Uh ground, you know, Uh or, oh, you're right. I found, um, what is it? It's a swallowtail. You know, they're little cocoons or whatever they're called, crustaceans. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a leaf. And um, you were right. And I'm now going to practice this. Oh. Yeah. To me, that is the work I feel really called to do is, and it is magical because science is magic and magic is science. And it's pushing out this, uh, this narrative of caring for the earth. I think that is serving our community. To me, it is, anyway.
1: Oh, no, no question. I remember years ago, I was talking to this woman. She's passionate about honeybees. Oh, my gosh, so passionate. We have to do anything to protect the honeybees. And the next time I talked to her, she was complaining about these big poplar trees that were uh, along the road that she had to drive. She said, I just worry about them all the time because, you know, they're so big and and they just, they drop limbs and whatever. And I said... Well, I understand your concern, but you love honeybees and the poplar flow is incredibly important when that happens. That's the thing that often means the di- the difference between a hive surviving and not. And I, you know, I kind of spun this whole story of the beautiful flowers and all that. She said, well, I mean, I do care about honeybees, but those poplar trees are going. So oh. there's this weird kind of disconnect mm-hmm. for some people that, well, I mean, I care about the environment, you understand, but and then whatever whatever the but is that's attached to that, that there's something that inconveniences them or mm-hmm. warps their sense of their own self worth. I don't I don't know what it is, but you know, if somebody told me that and I'd express my love for honeybees, I would go, you know, I didn't know that. That that is a really good and helpful thing to know. But And I don't think I've actually talked to this woman since, but I feel confident she took down this poplar tree. And nobody could talk her out of it.
0: I tell you what, let me tell you one, two, three things right now, because I feel (laughs) fired up. (laughs) Let me share. I'm not telling, I'm sharing. Mm -hmm. That the first thing is, I love honeybees too. How in the world are we going to ever get without honey? I, uh uh-uh. Uh-uh, meat alone. I, mm uh-uh. However... The reason we don't, and we've been offered, but the reason we do not host them where we live. Number one is right down the road over there, there's a honey farm, and that's what they specialize in. And I like trading, and that's wonderful. And I would do anything to protect that honey, well, almost, that honey hive down there. But Mm -hmm. over here, I am specializing in growing Food for families, okay, in right. our And I have promised all my native pollinators mm-hmm, and my native mm-hmm. bees that they have a job and they can live here. What I found out, and this is not pick one, but for me it ended up being that, but you know, I, I love them all. But what we found out is that the, the honeybees will outcompete and they'll do it real quick. And so, you know, it's, it's all about learning and getting a little knowledge underneath your belt because the native pollinators are just as critical.
1: And they are more critical. I would argue they are more critical because the reason we love honeybees is not for their pollination. We love them because we can use them as servants. And this whole crap about, well, when the honeybee disappears, we will follow. Well, that's just crap because there weren't honeybees in North America until Europeans got here.
0: Most folks don't even know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the people in America before the Europeans got here were doing pretty damn good with native pollinators.
0: And those native pollinators can even be a wasp.
1: So yeah, well, native pollinators are not necessarily pretty. (laughs) <laughs> and native pollinators cannot be contained in a box <laughs> and they can't be bolted together and put on the back of a flatbed truck and hauled 3,000 miles to the homin fields of California.
0: Yeah, which is bullshit, by the way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we do to honeybees. They are just servants to us and then we steal their honey. So is it yeah. any wonder they leave? Is it any wonder you can open up a hive box and there's not a damn bee left in it? <laughs> Why would they stay? And I do love honeybees. Sorry, I'm a, I do too. And I, and I am a once and future beekeeper. As soon as I can figure out how to keep the bears out of my bees, I will have um, bees again. But, well, and the other, oh, okay. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think
0: we both got excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're both like in another damn
1: thing. Furthermore. So, what <laughs> what were you saying?
0: Well, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, we went completely organic. We are certified naturally grown, and that's so difficult to get that designation. You have to work your ass off. Most folks aren't willing to go this far, and I'm not a Puritan, and I don't expect them to. But we were talking about that lady taking down certain trees, and it made me remember how to get this certification and what we went through. And what that meant was that we were not allowed to remove trees willy-nilly. That was number one, and we have tulip poplars. Mm -hmm. And number two, it meant that we had to stop using chemicals that you don't even think about on a daily basis because um, we have a septic tank out here in the country,
1: you know? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So whatever you pour down that drain, that's going right out there. And then Mm -hmm. we have a, a pond That is uh, not ours, but it's right behind us. We got to care about that. We got to care about runoff and our neighbors. And so my husband, he can't do an oil change out here. And I don't want him to. (laughs) Yeah. But that kind of commitment, let me tell you what that brought. Bless that poor woman's heart. And I mean it. Because what that commitment meant, first of all, it means getting out of the damn way of nature. Just, just, just getting out uh, the fucking uh, way. Okay. Uh-huh. And second of all, what it meant was we had somebody from the local university come out here and we have more varieties of pollinators, more varieties of lizards, toads, frogs, um, turtles than anyone has seen anywhere else within about a two hour margin. We're becoming a habitat.
1: Because you are are not killing them.
0: I'm not. And guess what crazy shit, excuse my language, happens when you get out of the way. I want you to guess what happens. The land heals. Oh, so yes, (laughs) sister. Yes. And the ancestors and the land spirits sing, but also guess Mm -hmm. what else? Everything balances out. Yes. We got a king snake back on this land recently, and I'm telling you, that woman can stay. Um, mm-hmm. it, our copperhead population pushed off to the periphery because yep. of that king snake. Uh, the decay snakes were able to come back, which is food for our rat snakes. And yes, they make me holler and scream, but we will not kill them. <laughs> we will not kill them when we find them in a chicken house. And it just means that everybody balanced out. So, sister, that kind of work, it is a commitment. It is a, um, damn, if it ain't nearly a religion. And I believe that that is some of the community work that you and I do.
1: Absolutely, I do. I'm laughing because what y'all don't know is in the pre-show for this, we were talking about, she said, I want you to tell me what an evangelical animist is. Because I have referred to myself as that recently. And what you just described is exactly that an evangelical animist. Am I telling a story? (laughs) Hell yes, you are. You are an evangelical now. I've pronounced that.
0: You are the second
1: evangelical animist. It's because once you are living in nature and with nature and not off nature, everything changes. I talk a lot about this place I go to a few times a year in Southern Ohio. It's called Wisteria. And it is 300 plus acres. Uh, They have festivals there and they, you know, they do a lot of things there, but it is reclaimed strip mine land. Mm -hmm. And they have been on this land for 30 years. And being on this land, you feel it healing itself and healing you. Mm -hmm. And so the more you are healed, the more you add the healing of the land and the more land heals, the more it adds to the healing of the people on it. And it is a feedback, it is a gloriously healthy feedback loop. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: someone had the foresight to say, I'm going to buy up all this land. Mm -hmm. And they bought it up, I guess it was in the 70s or 80s, when it was still cheap to buy a big chunk of land like that. And they leave most of it alone. So they've got every kind of animal you can think of that would be native to Ohio. Bobcats and all the snakes and insects, all of it. Because they just leave it to hell alone. And let it do what it needs to do and i think if you live
0: within that kind of a thing for long enough you i get now why it's called evangelical because you got to preach you, that's right
1: <laughs> you want to preach you do want to preach and you want to tell people i know it feels like this is the thing to do because you have always done it this way but if you will just Bear with the heartbreak of living on land that you and your species have spoiled. If you can live with that heartbreak, you will change things. You will, and you don't have to do a specific kind of thing except go. I'm part of this ecosystem, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change the oil in the driveway because mm-hmm. I might spill some crap, or I don't need to spill it. I mean, I don't know if you grew up this way, but when I was growing up. I don't know, ever so often during the course of the summer, somebody would come up the dirt road and just lay out um, from side to side, lay out used motor oil to keep the dust down. Yep. We don't do that no more. I mean, maybe individuals do on the individual land, but we don't do that no more because we just didn't understand. We didn't know what to do with the damn used oil. And it seemed like a good thing. It kept the kept the dust down and kept the laundry from getting too dusty in the summer. Well, we mm-hmm. don't do that now because we learn better. Maybe we did
0: learn better. I don't know. I don't know either, but I will tell you this, that everybody, we've got this long shared driveway to get back to my tiny farm. It goes a long way and most folks get, I guess, kindly nervous when they're going down it, they they, they don't know where they're going. It's Alabama. It can be scary for some people. And, uh, yeah. and what they've all noticed is if you, and I've told them do it to check. But if you will uh, roll down your window, okay, as you are pulling in down this long driveway and go real slow and listen, the second you pass those other houses and it opens up, we're the dead end. So we're the land back here. All of a sudden, you'll hear crickets. And I've been told all of a sudden, you'll hear a hoot owl. And all of that just comes to life because they all know where to go. (laughs) You know, all of the little living creepy crawly creatures and whatever, all want to be back here. And when, uh, my neighbors that blow their shotguns in the air at our, uh, buzzards, which just kills me, Byron. Of course. Oh. And you'll hear me out there hollering, you son of a
1: bitch. I, I get so mad. Went out there naked well, one they're, time. They're hollering. just so ugly. They're just so ugly. Well, I swear, if I shot everything that was ugly, oh, I'd be in San Quentin. I'm sure. Well, yeah, because he, my neighbor, would not be around.
0: But, um, <laughs> but it's also just that they're so necessary. I don't see, I don't see them as ugly. They're so necessary to this woods out here. And uh, hey, there is one thing I wanted to tell you. I'm going to pretend we're not even podcasting to tell you this. A year ago, I started what I. I'm get to it. I started a spell. There was a um, power line went right over my damn house. And I meant right over my house and down my farm, my little farm. And was cutting through about two acres of beautiful woods out here in the country. That, of course, they poisoned that line down there. Now, I fought them off. One time I, I chased them with a broom. But they didn't get to do it to my land. But they did it to everything next to it. And I started a spell, and I put a little footwork behind it, and I dedicated a year of my life to make that son of a bitch go away, because it could go right down the highway. It don't have to go kill all these damn trees. And two days ago, I won, and they came out here and they were like, "Mm-hmm." They said, "Oh, we heard about you. We don't want any trouble." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, y'all need to get on. And they said, no, we're here to tell you, please listen. We're here to tell you that we're killing this line. And, you know, we're going to get it from the road now. And all I'm tearing up because all this woods is going to heal two acres of a power line trail. And it, it will heal
1: remarkably fast.
0: Yeah. And all the deer that live over there. And just, it was a win So I want anybody listening to me to please fight the good fight for the earth too, if you can, and do it locally because it matters.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say congratulations and and blow your nose now because it's okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, she and I have been both been crying off and on this whole time.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just, um, I'm just a softy these days, you know, about so many things.
0: Well, I think the older we get, the softer we get about our emotions, but that also means that we can flare up
1: right quick. Too. Oh well, yes, it does. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm. I'm very. I'm a. I'm a Pisces, you know. I'm Woo. very in touch with my emotional self, and and most people don't necessarily like that I'm in touch that much. But yes, well, I, I hear you on that, and and it is never it is never futile futile to do that even if you don't win immediately and even if you never win what you have shown to other people and i'm a big i'm a big proponent of modeling what it is you want from other people i'm a big proponent of walking your damn talk Cause there's so many people who are happy to be armchair warriors on whatever internet platform it is. Well, by God, if that happened, this is what I would do. And you just look at them and you go, you would not do that. You big Twinkie, you know, you would not do that. So what you are doing is showing people, not only only are you modeling a way to go about it, but you're modeling that it can be successful and that's huge. That's terribly important for that just little single person on the ground who sees a problem and wants to fix it.
0: Well, Byron, I call it slow crafting, like slow food or slow uh, fashion. Um, Slow craft is worth doing. A long planned out, organized.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I was just going to say slow craft. So many things are a dish you best serve cold. So take the time you need to set everything up so that you can have as much success as is possible, given whatever the task at hand is. But take your time. I mean, and I'm a quit person. Some some people today piss me off on social media, and uh, I asked first, does anybody know these people? I mean, really know them, not know of them, of the 5,000 people and the 6,000 people that follow me on Facebook. Any of y'all know these people? Because I want to meet them, I want to talk to them. Mm Mhm. But also, I went ahead and hexed him. Well, yeah. I licked my thumb and just did it.
0: Because you and I are a little bit more pragmatic than to always just be love and light. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, ma'am.
1: We got a lot of tools in our tool basket. Well, and
0: Grandma didn't raise no fool. So you know, sometimes you got to balance out a few things. And by the way, yes, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Do. I don't no, know go ahead. I'm just agreeing on.
1: with you. I'm just agreeing with
0: you. Amen, sister. Um, I did have a question and I want to make sure we get to it before we hang up because I am not shy about going after the big thing in the room. I think that that's how we don't get what we need in this life is to be afraid. Yes,
1: ma'am.
0: Not afraid of shit. So
1: Go I think of it as, as the turd in the punch bowl. Can we just talk about that thing floating in there? Because I'd love to have some of that delicious punch, but there's a big old turd floating in there with the ice ring.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's quite an image, isn't it? Quite an image.
0: <laughs> I'm of a certain age you can't make me laugh that hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woo. All right, what, what's your turd? What's
0: your elephant? Yes, um, yes, um. Well, it's not my turd, but I see it. And um, I don't know quite how to pull it together to to bring it up to you, but I will say this. I have seen recently, folks, um, well, let's be more honest. I wrote to you the other day and I said, how the hell are you going to be a witch and not be pagan? And I was confused. And I thought that it was about, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about my age. I thought, okay, I'm a grandma now and I've gotten out of touch and I don't understand something and uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being cool or, you know, uh, trendy, what is it I got to learn now? Because you know, I'm willing to learn, but I can't find an answer that satisfies my brain. So, um,
1: <laughs> I'm going for it. Go and ahead. I want to say right up front, all of that could be true. That you are old and out of touch. Yeah, and I, th- I think that about myself all the time. It's like, oh, well, you just you don't understand this because you know you're old. But some yeah. things are just not. They are inexplicable. There, there's your big yeah. word for the day: inexplicable. Yeah, it, that is really tricky for me, and I'm gonna answer that as best I can.
0: Okay, and you don't have
1: to if you don't wanna. Oh no, I'm ha- I'm happy to. So okay. my particular. Magical practice is Appalachian folk magic, and it comes out of a firmly Protestant tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the some of the traditional practitioners they go right to the Bible and they read a verse. And my grandfather, who could stop a flow of blood, he read the verse in Ezekiel. That's what he did. So that being said, I will say that the way I practice this particular kind of folk magic is that it's all moving energy. And it's not about me as a vessel for the Holy Spirit, or me just, you know, satisfying the desire of a greater power. It's me moving energy around from the planet. So in that sense, it is not, for me, a religion. But I am, in addition to being an evangelical animist, I'm also a pagan. And that is very much my spiritual worldview tied in to the cycle of the agricultural year. So that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. So I celebrate solstices, equinoxes, cross quarter days, all because, not because some book that was written by some author in 1985 has influenced me, but because I live on the land and I feel when the land is is shifting. So right now the land has shifted to winter here. And there will be people who will argue me to the damn ground. It's not winter until December the 20th or 21st when the solstice happens. Well, I'm telling (laughs) you, people back in the day did not look at the almanac and go, oh, it's winter now. They went out and they smelled the air and they looked at the plants and looked at Mm. the animals and they went, yep, everything's gone to bed now. So it's winter. Mm. So, uh, So I guess I'm coming down very Pisces, I know. I'm coming down on both sides of that. I think it can be argued that you can do magical work without bringing the spiritual component into it necessarily. But I always have the land spirits with me and I always have my ancestors with me. So just because I don't start a working by praying to any of those people doesn't mean they're not involved. So how's that? Am I right on the fence? Is that good? Right on the fence. And I think
0: that sometimes when I don't understand something, it's just, you know, because of the way I work, I can't even imagine anything outside of it,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, And and the thing we were specifically talking about was somebody who said they were an atheist. Now, I will ask people, so are you a theist? So do you believe in spirit folk and, and divines, as I refer to them? And some people are not. They follow the cycle of the seasons, and they are bound into the spirit of the land and the ancestors and all of that. They don't necessarily have a pantheon of divinities that they worship. But I think right now, being an atheist is cool for a lot of pagan people. And of course, they're not pagan people if they're atheists, are they? So I think it's just it's a little bit of a shocker, especially mm-hmm. for people our age who came up with Paganism is an earth-based religion. And and also, let me just say this before we run out of time, people will argue about any goddamn thing, anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so if you say, how could you possibly be an atheist and still practice magic? Well, somebody will chew your ass about that, and somebody will come in and chew their ass for chewing your ass, and then a third group is going to come in and change the subject and chew everybody's ass, because that's the oh nature of where we are right now.
0: Yeah, that's really too damn bad, though. It is because bad. I, I want to learn. I do. I want to learn. And I don't think I will learn if somebody hollers at my face. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Isn't that funny?
1: Isn't that funny? I tend uh-huh. to not be uh, listening. If you're yelling at me or calling yeah. me names, I get called names sometimes. And I just think, is that how you want to just go on in the world? So you call me an ugly name and then you just move on. So you have yeah. essentially cut me off. And I mean, really, I don't care. But it just doesn't seem like a good way to go forward, does
0: it? Well, when I'm trying to talk to somebody from the other side of the fence, I do try to, well, meet them in the middle with their language, you know? And Oh, uh, yeah, me
1: too. Me too. You know,
0: you and I are both educated. You know that I'm an English professor, and I have taught in the past, I've taught uh, the art of persuasion mm-hmm. for an argument of paper for some sweet soul. And what I always tell him is, you know, go look at Martin Luther King Jr. and his letter from mm. the Birmingham jail because he calls them
1: brother and he doesn't yes. scream, you know. Because uh-uh, nobody can hear you if you are. I was in Atlanta, gosh, six years ago, I guess. And I had, my light was green and I was making a U-turn to go back the other way. Somebody had turned right on red and almost hit me. And I hit the horn and flipped them off and kept going because that's what I did. That feller followed me because I was going to the post office. That feller followed me the whole, he got right up on my bumper and by God, he wanted to show how mad he was. So I pull in at the post office because I got to mail a book to somebody and he gets out of his van and boy, he is. why did you do that? Boy? And I am slowly sneaking back to the back of my car because I got a big old shillelagh back there, a big Belfast <laughs> shillelagh. And awesome. I'm going to start by busting out his, uh, his, his, Lights, and then we'll get to and we'll get to him. But first, so the whole time I'm saying he's yelling, 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 and I I finally just stopped and I said, I just I've I'm, I'm from North Carolina, and honestly, we don't we don't treat our our elders like this up there. Is there something mm-hmm. wrong with you? Are you have you had a bad day? So my whole point was to talk him down, so I could bust his ass with that damn shillelagh. But in talking him down, I heard that. Thanksgiving was coming and his wife had left him and he wasn't going to see his young And he, he'd had a hard day at work and all this stuff. By the end of it, he was crying like a baby. And he said, nobody has listened to me tell this story. They just won't listen. They just tell me to suck it up. And I said, well, do you need a place to come for Thanksgiving? 'Cause I can invite you to where we're gonna be if you wanna have a place. And he said, No, I'm going to my brothers. It'll be all right, it'll be all right. I said, Well, you need to know that you are going through a hard patch and and I hear that you are working through that the best way you can. And he said, Thank you, ma'am, and I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So that's the difference between me getting the shillelagh out of the back of the car <laughs> and starting with the damn headlights versus yeah. actually listening to him and talking in a calm voice so that he could be heard because half the time it's just because people aren't being heard that they got to yell
0: you know you reminded me and i don't know if it even applies to this situation but i'm going to just keep on going and and it's that um you know my mother was very problematic in my life and we're not cool Mm. but she did you know don't you hate it when somebody said something good once and you got to quote them all the time um she said (laughs) 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 yes But, you know, I've got a quota <laughs> on it and uh, give her what her due is on that one. And she said, so you're coming up to uh, a green light and it's green. You can go. All right. You're within full rights to go. And you look over to your right and you see a semi truck is just blazing at you. Don't look like it's got time to stop, but you're right. Do you go? <laughs> <laughs> little lessons for the kitties. <laughs> yeah.
1: Would you rather be right or would you rather live to have some Thanksgiving? hmm Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I and that it. that's part of that. Part of that is the benefit of our age that we've been through a lot of different things. And so we may tend to be able to be a little more, I don't know, forgiven, compassionate, grace-filled. How about that for a couple of Southern women, grace-filled? Ooh, I was grace-filled about
0: that. Oh, I like that. I'm going to steal it.
1: <laughs> I tell I'm you what, when it. the damn when the damn animists start talking about the concept of grace, that's when the Baptists <laughs> need to get very, very nervous.
0: You know, I'm very good friends with Pastor Adam. I don't know if you ever listened to that uh, interview I did with him. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh-uh, I did not. I'll find them. Sister, you got you to gotta listen to that one. You really do. But Pastor Adam is my friend. And he has just been healing for me in so many ways. And I remember when we first started talking before I interviewed him, I said, don't you try to convert me. And he laughed and he said, I think you're doing really good work where you are. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh But it was a conversation I felt like needed to happen and a lot of folks didn't like I did it. Um, But to me, if there's somebody on the other side of the line willing to listen and willing to talk, well, I guess
1: that's grace-filled, right? That's exactly right. And there are, there's so many people who were so abused by Christianity, especially in the South. We run into people like that all the time. I was not abused by Christianity because I wasn't a Christian. And no, Baptist minister got me off in the blackberries and diddled with me and None of that. I didn't have any of that. So maybe I am, I don't know, more forgiven or more willing to listen. But, and I don't know, It's because uh, it's not about me. It's about change that's happening all over the world and how we all are going to have to, we're going to have to ride with it, figure out how we ride with it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's okay for witches to be friends with people like my friend who are willing to try to learn. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, the more he learned, the more he was intrigued, actually. I had to push him back once and say, hey, you stay where you are. You are doing good work. Um, (laughs) You know, we need people in every spot that can do any kind of influence to make things better. But on that note, and so that we can wrap it down, sister. Yes. What is our final statement on this, on how witches serve their community and why that matters? Is there anything that you might want to throw out there to the world on that one?
1: Yes, that there are a lot of people that are celebrity witches and celebrity pagans. And it may be that they are serving a particular kind of community. But if you are looking, if you are looking for somebody that you can be mentored to, who can really show you how to walk their talk. You might want to look local. And I know that's hard because you can't believe anybody local is going to be like you. But you might want to look local and look hard and see if you can find somebody who is serving their community and loving their community even when their community is a bunch of assholes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I agree with that. And I I think,
0: you know, more power to them. But celebrity witches, I, I don't know I worry about folks coming to the craft and not getting that, you know, sustaining meal, <laughs> that real, yeah. you know, the the thing that gives you the ground in to become an elder in your community one
1: day. And yeah. without
0: those kind of roots, I think we fly in the wind a little bit
1: and there's an opportunity lost. We do. And, and there are, so many people out there who the very basics of craft are lost to them because they think it's all about the tchotchkes. It's all about, you know, I've got to have this color robe and this particular set of books and whatever, when really what it's about is practice. Practice, practice, mm-hmm. practice. Yeah, I suspect it's about love too, but oh lordy, that will get me in trouble if I start talking about love. People will say, oh, you're <laughs> one of those white lighters. Ugh.
0: No, you're not. You are just like me when it comes down to it. I will do bane work if it needs to be done. I mean, yeah. I'm a farmer, and I know that sometimes hard things need to be done.
1: Yeah, for the health and security of everyone.
0: Yes, exactly. And sometimes you got to take out the trash and or burn it, whatever you got to get done. I, <laughs> you know? I, I, am I, am I, I supposed I, to just let that rooster Kill every girl in that room because I've seen a rooster do that.
1: Oh yeah, they're bastards.
0: Yeah, I know. Or is he going in a pot? So, you know, it's yeah. it's
1: a little bit more pragmatic for me. um yeah, and that, absolutely that balance—it's critical, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be. And sometimes we don't know the answer. Sometimes what looks to us like balance is not balance, and sometimes what looks to us like imbalance is actually the land riding itself and getting to where it needs to be.
0: Mm.
1: You know, that's Mm. what I was
0: talking about with that slow crafting, because it gives you time to let your ancestors agree with you.
1: (laughs) Or to let them impose on you what really is going on so that you actually Uh listen. Uh Sometimes that, you know, I'll say to my ancestors, well, but this is how it's going to be. And they go, well, it ain't never been like that. So I don't know why you think it's like that now. Oh yeah? Huh. yeah. Let me think about that. Or you that. can <laughs> go to the
0: trees and the trees. You think you've got the trees? I, I consider them a council. Go to them and Oh, have absolutely. A I know you and I are so similar. I know we are. I, what is up? Go
1: ahead. <laughs>
0: well, I, we are so the same.
1: I know we're having like exciting conversation. I just want to say I'm looking out the window right now at our big old oak tree that lives at the driveway. And we made arrangements for an arborist to come and g- give him a haircut because his limbs are at somebody else's porch. And he's he's just, he's he's very successful. But they couldn't do that till it got cold because it would be bad for him. So when it was still warm, I went out and wrapped my arms around him. And I said, now when you wake up, you're going to have a haircut. So don't be shocked. It's going to be good. You're going to like it. It's going to feel good.
0: And <laughs> I did see that you lost your beautiful apple girl, your grandma oh, apple.
1: Bless her. She, she hit the dust. But she will, um, she will continue to be food and shelter for uh, all kinds of critters until she's done. Must be good. And we kept a couple pretty limbs of it that we'll do something with. Yeah, I always go to my trees because sometimes they
0: have something to say. It may not even be an argument. It might just be something I haven't considered. And that's slow craft to me. So, mm. oh my God, I am an, I'm an evangelical. Oh my gosh, I'm an evangelical. I'm
1: evangelical. <laughs> yeah, I consider trees my elders. Even mm-hmm. trees younger than me, I consider my elders because they just, they have a long view. And they also understand that their view that is often foreshortened, you know, that they die, they can die young, even though they're designed to live old. I have a
0: three hundred year old tree that should not be that old. It's an oak, of course. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. They said it was knocking on three hundred years, and every time we think it's almost over, we get somebody out here and they limb him a little bit. He comes on back, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I worry so much about him dying. And then one day, I mean, he really is my heart. And one day, I found uh, a baby. Growing and uh, it was, it was his baby and we moved it and it's behind the altar, the outside altar. And every time I look at that baby who is now, you know, how babies can be, he's now like 15 foot in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I turn around to my 45 footer and I say, thank you. Thank you for continuing to do this work for us and cleaning the air and being a safe place for so many so many critters and, and being like my grandpa, because that's what he feels like to me. But I go to them, too, about deciding on what kind of work to do. And um, I guess that makes me a,
1: a damn pagan, doesn't it? Well, it certainly makes you an animist, which is kind of a fancy <laughs> word for pagan. It's, a po- it's popular right now. So you can say you're an animist. and people go, oh, yes, of course you are. Oh,
0: I could be edgy. Cool. (laughs) Yes.
1: You will be an edge Lord. (laughs) Honestly, you are like me. We just do what we do. And if people have a problem with it, then I might try to educate them a little bit if they are willing to listen, but if not, they just got to go their own way. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too.
0: Well, I'm sorry you were sick for this, and I'm hoping you feel a little bit better. I've got all my elderberries in the deep freezer because I haven't had a time yet to, to get them spun up, but um, yeah. they're on their way.
1: They're on their way. and um, Well, I tell you, this, this elderberry tinctured in the traditional Appalachian heritage alcohol is, uh, whoo, it's some medicinal stuff.
0: Well, you've really turned me on to this because what I've done in the past is thrown it in vodka, however... However, I have a friend who lives right down the road that brought me some um, Alabama River Moonshine. And I'm thinking (laughs) that maybe I ought to get a little bit more serious about this craft.
1: Well, yeah. And is is it drinkable, that corn liquor you've got? Because what Uh, I got is not really drinkable, but it's good for tincture. Because I ain't putting nothing in good alcohol. I'm going to drink it just like it is. But if it ain't really drinkable, I'll use it to tincture. Shoo! why not? 185 proof, I reckon.
0: (laughs) Well, I got to be honest. It's pretty, it's pretty damn smooth. It it Uh, sits at about 120 proof though. Yeah.
1: Don't, don't waste it then. Get get your friend to give you some that they couldn't sell very well because it, it was too, I don't know metallic you know sometimes that once you get mm-hmm. the high proof like that it gets kind of metallic tasting and then throw, throw your tinctures in yeah exactly exactly well he calls it the copper
0: rock gut so i'll, yes. I'll get him to yes. give me some copper rock gut and
1: well you know. and you might even cut it halfway with something with a good flavor like rum which Ooh. makes it a little more palatable Ooh, I, like I mean not that we're talking about that but it's tincture it's medicine We ain't talking about nothing bad. It's just medicine.
0: Well, all of it's just medicine. It depends on how you (laughs) use it, right? (laughs) True, true. Well, before we go, I want to tell you thank you so much for your friendship. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I think it's a Yule gift to me that you did that.
1: And uh, And to me, it's like we exchanged gifts today, and I appreciate that.
0: You make me feel like I
1: have community, Byron. Oh, and honey, I love you. We well, do. You do and I love you too. And I I love having the support of you. Because what we do is hard sometimes. I mean sometimes it's gloriously easy, but sometimes it's real hard.
0: It sure as hell sometimes is, but and like I told my husband the other day, I got to keep going. He said, "You look tired." And I said, "It's the best work I've
1: ever done." "Yeah, but get get some rest. Now is the time. Get as much rest as you can for the next 6 weeks." I'm going to take that damn podcast. Day I'm so
0: scared about taking that podcast day off, but it's okay. I've put in a year and over. I can take one day. So honey, run you know. a best of,
1: Ooh, best yeah. of and pick out one that you like and do that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's what we do with weird mountain gals sometimes. Cause I'm on the road so damn much. And she'll just run a best of and pick out one she likes and run it again. Cause. You're getting a new audience all the time, just like we are. Can you tell everybody where to find you, honey? A uh, pod bean is the best place to go to get us. Uh weird W-Y-R-D, Mountain Gals. And then you can find me on Facebook and Insta and uh, Twitter for now. If this has not been an Appalachian goodbye, I don't know one. We started saying goodbye about 14 minutes ago. We started saying, well, now that we're at the <laughs> very end, well... <laughs>
0: I love you, girl. I love you too, Byron. And I will talk to you (laughs) later. You stay on the the recording so I can say bye to you proper. And the rest of y'all, I will talk to you next week. Love you like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.